If we get that guy named Cyrus, we could nickname him Cyrus the Virus. Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! I love it. <laughs> It'd be better if he was a defensive tackle, like if he was infiltrating something, like a mm. virus infiltrates. Yeah. Maybe he could, Cyrus the Virus Blocker. <laughs> The antivirus blocker, <laughs> or whatever, like the Norton antivirus. I don't know. I can't think of. You can still infiltrate the defensive line, right? Knock oh, people yeah. over, pancakes, all that kind of stuff. He penetrates the defensive line while the defensive lineman run right past him. He's like, "I'm here. <laughs> I'll take down the, the defensive back." Well, if he's not any good, we can give him a nickname. <laughs> if he's not good, we'll call him Cyrus, the virus of the offensive line. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bill's defensive end Greg Russo, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills! Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a tremendous episode for you guys. We are going to talk about some uh, free agency news in this last week or so. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the most mocked positions and players to the Buffalo Bills with all the mock drafts going around. It's mock draft season. You know, there's th- there's hundreds of them going around. So uh, Maddie Glab had a really good tweet. I'm going to share with you guys. And we're going to talk about those players, and uh, and we'll go from there. We'll see if we have any more time. If we want to, we want to delve into uh, another mock draft or not. We'll see. Uh, but first, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you are in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourselves a favor: head on down Route 90, get off at Exit 41 at Waterloo, and uh, check out the Delago Resort and Casino, where every moment is a winning moment. So I'm joined tonight by my co-host John and John uh how are you doing how you doing brother doing good a little anxious uh only what 10 11 days until the draft so excited for that uh yeah it's, it's really just counting down the days uh been looking at lots of mock drafts lots of prospects and uh it's for me it's just enough already let's just do it it's fun reading mock drafts because you know a lot of these players, unless it's like Chris Trapasso or someone who's like a Bills fan, first and foremost, um, while also being an NFL analyst, like a lot of these you know, analysts are talking about the Buffalo Bills, your team that you know so much better than them just because you follow them you know, day in and day out, week in and week out, game in and game out. So it's always interesting to see their logic behind the pick. Like I'm always interested to see which player they pick and then like what's their rationale behind it. Why are they picking this player instead of another player? Oh, well, you know, so-and-so is, you know, like, like for example, I'll, I'll give you one, John, um, Trenton Simpson from Clemson. Like you and I have, have talked about it, and Mike also. Mike's not here right now. He might join us later, but our co-host Mike and uh, John and myself would, were talking about that. And it's like, well, he's more projected as a weak side linebacker. He's kind of smaller. He's played inside and outside of Clemson. So I don't necessarily think he fits 
this position as well. But it's interesting to see, like, what you know, I'm open-minded. If you can convince me that Trent Simpson should be the pick instead of Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders, I'll listen to it. I might not agree with it, but I'll listen to it. So it's a fun time of year. You're right, though. I am, I am um, the same as you. Like, uh, I, I, it's, I'm getting kind of anxious. You know, it's kind of like Christmas as a kid. Like, this is this is the most we kind of we get some new toys in a few weeks, John. Maybe we'll get. Hopefully, we get the Nintendo and not like you know a bag of like school shirts or something or socks. It's a shirts are cooler than socks. I don't know socks and new underwear. You know, let's hope let's hope we don't get the coal in the stocking. So. Oh, by the way, real quick, I, I definitely want to get into more draft and Bills talk. But speaking of the Bills, I just went to Disney World uh, this past week. So we recorded two episodes at once. We released them all week after week. We just got back from Disney World a few weeks ago. And I was pretty surprised at the amount of Go Bills I got. For I was only wearing a hat even part of the days. And then I was just wearing a Bills cooler on my back, like one of those like backpack coolers. And I was surprised at how many go bills I got either from, you know, people in the crowd or uh, people actually working there at Disney World. It was cool. It was cool to be a part of. John, do you have you run into that before, like wearing bill stuff um, out of state or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Bills fans travel well, right? Um, Oh, yeah. A lot of displaced people from Western New York all across the country. I think it's great. Um, I mean, you just look at the map of Bill's backers bars all over the place, not even in the U.S., but. Uh, in other countries it's amazing yeah yeah it was a cool time it was cool to get some recognition especially in you know we're in the kingdom of like dolphins fans right like you're the you're in the lion's den there for the so i was i was, I was happy with that it was cool it's cool i i said go bills a few times too you know it's out of my comfort zone as much as you and i talk or we talk on the podcast every week we've been doing it for almost seven years now i'm still kind of shy like when it comes to social situations you know i don't like to put myself hey go bills and sometimes i'm like you know, I might not say it loud enough, go Bills. They're like, excuse me? Oh, uh, <clears throat> go Bills. You know, I can, I, I just sometimes don't like that. So I eventually found enough courage to do it at the first few days. Yeah, I don't like to talk to other people either. <laughs> John, you are the guy at a concert which will tell people I love them by the end of the night. So, <laughs> so like maybe you're shy at first and then after a few drinks or a few songs or whatever, you open right up the exact opposite so all good all good we're all different i opened up you open up we you know god bless those people that like you know are just automatically on all the time hey how's it going I, you know I, I hope to be like that person someday it's just like hey how's it going how's the food here you know just walking by somebody at the restaurant but not right now i'll get there <clears throat> so let's go into some news and notes for this past week for the buffalo bills something we missed uh the rest of the Podcast Network may have mentioned it, but let me just uh, go over it real quick. Um, John, so this is something that was really cool. This was something that you wanted when we talked about free agency over two weeks ago. You know, Shaq Lawson from the Buffalo Bills last season and from another stint, you know, a few years ago, comes back and he signs with the Buffalo Bills. When you saw that, were you kind of like, oh, this makes sense? Or, I mean, were you excited? Was it... What were your thoughts on when that whole thing happened? Because immediately I thought of you. You're like, I want Lawson back over Phillips, and we got them both back. So what were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, especially with the the injury to Von Miller, um, to have some guys back that are familiar um, with those positions up front. Um, you know, we've we've talked about it before. Lawson, he sets the edge well. He, he's good against the run. Um may, Maybe the the pass rushing isn't isn't there, uh, but I think he's 
he's a he's a good rotational guy, and I you know like to have him back for another year. So I think he's good. Yeah, everything you just said, I agree a hundred percent. He's a great rotational guy. Um, unless it's unless it's a stud pass rusher, I mean, you're basically bringing back the entire defensive line for the most part from last season. You know, there's not a whole lot. It's, I don't think we're missing any players off of our defensive line from end or tackle. Uh, they some to think of at the top of my head. So, I mean, this is exciting. Uh, I'm not like pumped about it, but I like it. You know, like if you think about it, there's still room for more pass rushers because we know we won't get Von Miller back for you know, up until at least Thanksgiving, right? Or maybe earlier, depending on how much of a freak he is genetically at age 32 or 33 or whatever he is. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Plus, like, they could absolutely draft a guy. And Shaq Lawson is one of those guys where, you know, they still have A.J. Epinesa at defensive end. They still have Boogie Basham. They still have Greg Rousseau. Like, if you get if you draft a guy and that guy is killing it, whether it's a day two, day three, maybe even a day one pick, I don't know. And he's killing it. You can cut Shaq Lawson, and it won't be for that much money and that big of a deal to keep him. So um, it's just more flexibility, I think, for roster construction. Um, I like the I like the signing. And then the other one, John, was the signing of offensive lineman Kevin Jarvis to a one year deal. Um, this was a guy who was an undrafted rookie last season for the Detroit Lions. He's six foot six, three hundred twenty-five pounds. He's played multiple positions at uh, at Michigan State: left tackle, right guard, right tackle. I, this this kind of reminds me when I saw this, John, and I saw how much uh, what he had done in the uh, at least on the collegiate level. It made me think of Ryan Bates a little bit. Remember when the Bills traded for Ryan Bates like four, I think it's five years ago now, um, and it was just like this undrafted guy, but he played a lot of positions, and they're like, let's see what happens to it. And this is a, this is a guy that could end up, you know, being a diamond in the rough like Ryan Bates. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Bills signed him, so he must be good, right? <laughs> no, I mean, we'll I mean for, for real, though, I mean, like, I, I, I think he's dealt with some, some injuries, right, um, mm-hmm. in his short career, so um, hopefully... You know, they, he was injured during the preseason last year, and he was eventually waived with a settlement by the Detroit Lions. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So may, maybe they get a guy that um, you know was cut because of injury, and, and and it works out for for both him and the team, right? So between the Shaq Lawson signing and the Kevin Jarvis signing, between these two players, to me, it doesn't really change our big board of needs as far as where we see the Bills' biggest needs are positional wise on the team um that doesn't really move the needle for me at all does it move the needle for you no i don't think so i mean defensive end we had like sixth on our list anyway right so like yeah it's not going to move it down any further than that um we had offensive line as third but i don't think the signing of of uh kevin jarvis does anything to that i think it's just added depth i think Shaq lawson's added depth he's just veteran depth and then you just have more unproven depth with kevin jarvis and it's like he's a camp body at this point we'll see we'll hope cross our fingers that he becomes you know a starting guard or tackle or whatever great swing tackle but yeah or he just or he just stays on as good depth like i mean well that's what bates did right right and you know they i like that they got mcgovern and, and david edwards i like a lot they re-signed Butker and Questenberry. Um, I think they kind of have some depth. It's just like, do are, are the five starters good? Right? Like, are we good? Are we set mm-hmm. there? And I know mm-hmm. there's some injury concerns at center. Um, I mean, Mitch Morse is their best offensive lineman, probably. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then we're you know we're thinking like okay, is, is is Spencer Brown the guy? Is is you know Bates moving back over to the other side and McGovern starting? Is that going to be good? Like we don't. There's a lot of uh, question marks, right? A lot of unknowns. Um, yeah. So I I think still having like is a top three need. Um, you know, helping out Josh Allen and everything. I think that's that's still good to to leave it there. I think the signing of Connor McGovern at guard does more than anything that we've really seen. Even the Edwards signing um, and Kevin Jarvis signing, I think that they could easily draft another guard or even a tackle, and those guys would just be, like you said, just more depth or possibly a practice squad guy that sticks around for a year or two maybe and is, is potential. To, I mean, I, I like him. I think, you know, give credit to Brandon Bean. Um, at least in my opinion, John, because I, I like what he's done with so little money. Um, it feels like more, I guess it's more unproven guys because it seems like he always tries to stack up offensive linemen. They're just like journeymen that aren't any good or haven't proven to be good like from the Jets or the Dolphins or whatever. Like these guys actually have shown some potential. It's just a matter of can they show it with Buffalo, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, offense, I mean, if I were to pick – I guess two positions where I'm most excited about just from the free agency period. Offensive line is one, and mm-hmm. safety is the other. They brought back Jordan Poyer and they and they signed Taylor Rapp. Um, I think those two positions I think I'm most excited about is from a free agency standpoint so far. We might have the best depth at safety that we've ever had with Taylor Rapp as as a primary backup. You know, I mean, he could be better than Jaquan Johnson, Demar Hamlin, and D Marlowe. Anything that we've ever had at that level. So. Yeah, and hopefully, hopefully Hamlin it, it makes a return, right? Because like after mm-hmm. that, after those those four, um, that they don't have a lot. Um, but of course, at defensive at cornerback, you have a ton. And like I know there was talk about Benford maybe moving to safety mm-hmm. and things like this. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's looking pretty good um, defensive backfield right now. Yep, still still some huge needs, though, in other areas that we still think. I'm not huge, I wouldn't say, but, like, you know, there's some glaring needs at the top of the board. So let's go over our team rank needs at position, um, our positional team needs, our big board of Bills, Buffalo Bills team needs. So number one, we have wide receiver slash receiving weapon, so it might be a tight end. This, this tight end that we get, if it's going to be, a day one or day two tight end is going to he's going to have to have some experience catching the ball like this isn't like well he's been mostly blocking tight end let's see what he does like that first and foremost he's going to be a receiving weapon and possibly also a good blocker but a receiving weapon above most most anything else so that's our number one need Number two, and that's only because we want to surround Josh Allen with as much talent as possible. We saw what happened last season it's you know we've been harping on it it's been Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and a bunch of other guys on the offense at weapons, at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end. Like, I mean, Dawson Knox is probably the next best weapon, maybe along with Gabe Davis, but it's not, they're not outstanding weapons, right? Like, they're, they're good. You need to give him better. And in my opinion, look, Josh Allen is the reason why Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis are as good as they are. I don't know if you put those guys with another quarterback that's as good as Josh Allen, that that they see half the uh, amount of success that they do now. So second on the board, which is a glaring need, is middle linebacker. Uh, We've talked about that in the last couple of mock drafts. So middle linebacker, the Bills really don't have a whole lot 
as far as potential there. They have last year's third-round pick in Terrell Bernard, but he's kind of more like that Matt Milano role that, like, I think he's like six foot one, two twenty, or something like that, like a like a weak side linebacker, like not that big, but like, you know, shoot the gap, take down the ball carrier like that. Not necessarily a strict middle linebacker. Not that he can't, but just not necessarily uh, built that way. There's also Balin Spector, who was a seventh-round pick out of Clemson last year. Uh, he really hasn't shown anything defensively yet. So that would be a lot to ask for a seventh-round pick, a second-year seventh-round pick, you know, um, especially when he didn't even do any of it last year, really. So uh, I'm not expecting anything more than special teams from Balin Spector. We'll see. It would be a pleasant surprise, obviously. And then you bring, we brought back Tyrell Dotson, who has been like a journeyman, um, you know, practice squad slash depth linebacker for the Buffalo Bills. So nothing nothing better than Tremaine Edmonds, I'll say. We don't have anything better than that right now. So we're looking for the draft at that. If the Bills went middle linebacker first and wide receiver second, I don't think anyone would be too upset. But that's how we have it. We have a wide receiver slash receiving weapon at number one, middle linebacker number two. Number three, we have offensive line. Uh, and, that, and that could go a number of different directions, John. I was thinking, you know, right tackle. If you're going to get a right tackle, maybe to... Uh, push Spencer Brown on that side. Maybe you pick a day one or day two pick to do that. This this class is deep at offensive tackle. This would be the year to get one on day two, right? Maybe a third round pick. Maybe you get better value at the pick where they take him this year as opposed to where they took Spencer Brown just a couple of years ago. So right tackle, guard. And, and, and by the way, John, I'm not against this idea, but like there might come a time where you know, we pick up a tackle, and maybe he's a right tackle slash left tackle, and maybe he eventually places replaces Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins didn't have a great season last season. So just long-term, I don't think he's fallen off a cliff, but it's something to just, you know, just keep in the back of your head. Like, I don't think he's downward. He's trajecting downward, but we'll see. And then we also have guard and center. So, I mean, could we upgrade over Ryan Bates or... Connor McGovern, maybe if they take one on day one or day two, potentially, um, but just added depth at that. I mean, you have to protect Josh Allen. That is such a big concern for Bills fans. Uh, I mean, you got to protect him. You got to protect him and you got to open lanes for the run game so he doesn't have to throw as much. I mean, it's just that's I can't say much more than that. Right tackle, guard, center, um, eventually a replacement for Mitch Morris, potentially a guy that could play guard or center or guard or right tackle. I mean, we would love that, <laughs> you know, I mean, the positional flexibility would be great. I cannot see them drafting a center only prospect though, within the first few rounds, maybe down the line, but D three put her perhaps, but I can't see them doing that. D one and D two. Um, we have number four, five, and six. We'll just go from there. We have defensive tackle at number four, defensive end at number five and then safety at number six and as you can see like they're not huge needs when you get down to four five and six but there's no defensive tackle signed after the 2023 season ed oliver's contract is up daquan jones's contract is up tim settle's contract is up and jordan phillips now his contract is up so they all have one year left in the deal i would not be surprised if they pick someone there um, this is not the order that we think that the Bills will draft. It's just where we see the biggest needs. And then we have defensive end at number five, and that's just, you know, we need a pass rusher opposite Greg Rousseau. On pure passing downs, we don't have anyone that's as good a pass rusher as Von Miller. Probably can't get one in the draft, but if you have a guy that's, you know, you can put on third down, have him pin his ears back the first season until Von Miller's back, 
uh, it would be nice to get one of those players because we know Shaq Lawson's not that guy. Boogie Basham hasn't proven to be that guy. Neither is really A.J. Epinesa. So Greg Rousseau is the only guy right now opposite Von Miller that, that has that kind of pass rushing prowess. So, John, let's look at this tweet from Matty Glab. The Bills beat reporter Matty Glab wrote, uh, here are, out of 129 mock drafts tracked, here are the favorite positions that have been mocked. Offensive line mocked 36 times. Interior offensive line was 24 times. Offensive tackle was 12 times. Running back was mocked 26 times. Wide receiver 21 times. Linebacker 17 times. And cornerback slash safety defensive back 15 times. So, John, when you see this this stat, I mean, it's I, I never really put it all together like she has so succinctly in a tweet what do you think when you see this because we just kind of go mock draft by mock draft i'm not necessarily keeping track like maddie is uh what do you think when you see it pointed out like that does it surprise you or is it is it par for the course i think it's very surprising considering the bill's draft history like mock mock draft is supposed to be what you think is going to happen right yes so if you look at the the top Five, the five positions he has listed there, out of those 115, 72% had an offensive player mocked. And the Bills haven't drafted an offensive player in the first round or with their first pick since Sammy Watkins. Yeah, besides Josh Allen, obviously. Right. Bes- I'm sorry. Right. Yes, besides Josh Allen. But but we're not counting quarterback here. We're just talking like any other skill position or lineman. Right. And, and, and then offensive lineman is number one on the list. And... Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with offensive lineman or receiver or tight end or whatever. I'd love it. But I'd love it. If you look at their history with offensive linemen, they don't really <laughs> prioritize that in the draft. So if you're, like, guessing in a mock draft what they're going to do, I wouldn't guess that, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Like, you haven't been paying attention to what Bean's done. Like, the highest highest uh, drafted offensive linemen have been Deion Dawkins in the second round. That was before Bean got here. And then you also have Cody Ford in the second round just a few years ago with Bean here. So they they don't prioritize guard at all. I don't even know what the highest uh, drafted guard is for the Buffalo Bills. I want to say it's maybe Wyatt Teller in the fifth round or something like that. But that was before Bean got here. So uh, guard is not a priority for them. So it's nice that they say interior offensive linemen like 24 out of, you know, 115 or whatever. Like that's it just doesn't feel likely. Offensive tackle, I could see happening before interior offensive line. I just don't think they prioritize it, or maybe they don't believe in developing it or whatever. You know? Yeah. It. it yeah. Like the one, two, three, the fourth one listed as linebacker. I think that's probably the most likely. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. That's where we come in with our Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders discussion. Um, that's. You know, when we did two mock drafts a couple weeks ago and we released them the past couple of weeks, uh, it was hard. It wasn't like when we passed on linebacker, we're like, look at this player. Like, this guy's a, I got to have this guy. Like, I'm so glad that we didn't go linebacker. Every time we didn't go linebacker, we're like, man, like, we're really missing out on, you know, the Jack Campbells and the Drew Sanders of the world. Like, we we don't get those guys. Like, we're kind of screwed a little bit. So, we'll see. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Welcome, Mike, our co-host to the podcast. It's going, going great. On? How are you? I'm, I'm excellent. We're looking at uh, Maddie Glab, who's a Bills Beat reporter. Um, she released all the different positions mocked to the Buffalo Bills, and it started with offensive linemen, the most mocked, uh, running back, 
second, wide receiver third, linebacker fourth, and defensive back slash safety fifth. And I was just surprised. I, I, these are kind of where we have needs. I, we, we don't have running back as high of a need, of course, but um, at least John and I don't. <laughs> but uh, I was kind of surprised that the top three positions were were uh, offensive uh, pieces. I don't think the Bills are going that way. That's why I, I say that. So, anyway. I got to say, Nate, usually you're not this professional when we're just like talking th- things through before we get started. You've got your podcast voice out. You're ready to go. I'm impressed. Yes. I'm going to try and match that energy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're recording right now, so... <laughs> But uh, it's it's the time we always start right now, though. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. That's something going on. So, but you're in, man. You're in. That's all that matters. All we did was talk about, you know, a few other things. So, Shaq Lawson being resigned, uh, Bill signing an offensive lineman. Just easy, easy stuff. I was waiting for the hard hitting stuff for you to come in. So, mm. yes, yes. It's right, normally so. not how it goes. Normally you start <laughs> off with the best content right at the top. <laughs> the, the top, yeah. <laughs> not this time. Hmm. Not this time. I'm saving it for when you uh, jumped in. So you'll have to listen to the first 20 minutes or so and see how you see if you liked it better before you came in or after you came in. I can make your prediction right now. What I'm <laughs> like. Uh, so here's the interesting thing is right under that tweet, Maddie Glab had her f- the most favorite mocked players to the Buffalo Bills. And there is... At number one is Mike's favorite running back prospect of all time. He is a love child of Barry Sanders and Emmett uh, Smith. Emmett Smith, <laughs> and the direct cousin of Adrian Peterson, <laughs> and uh, you know he's the grand nephew of you know Jim Brown. Like all these things. Mm. Like he's that, that's running back Bijan Robinson out of Texas. He has been uh, by far the most mocked player to the buffalo bills i can't believe you're not more on to him texas is your school man i know i know i i used to like i used to like texas i used to like texas before i went to uh buffalo so uh i still like them i still like i still like their logo like <laughs> i still have that okay <laughs> so I, I remember i went to vegas once and we were we were at the old section of vegas and i was at a craps table it was like a two dollar craps table and you know, everyone from Vegas, very few people are actually from there. So they saw my Texas Longhorns hat on and they're like, oh, Texas, huh? I'm like, yeah. Meanwhile, I've no, at that point, I had no idea. It was way past Vince Young. <laughs> so I had no idea what was going on in the program. They could have been, you know, national championship contenders or the bottom of the, you know, Big Ten or Big 12 or whatever they're from. <laughs> I don't even know anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so they're like, oh, who are you a fan of? Oh, A&M. Texas A and M. It's like mm. like there's another A and M. You know, I sounded like such an idiot, but yeah, I just tried to. I was, after a while, I'm like, you know what? You keep asking me questions about the team. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> like, it's just I just like the hat <laughs> and the the level of disgust on their faces of like, oh, <laughs> like you can't like a hat. <laughs> just like, if if you're gonna wear a hat, you better be a diehard fan. Like oh, I just like the colors. I like the logo. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Bijan Robinson. I want to do a mock draft with us before the. the Wait, I, I got a quick joke. Yeah. So George Clooney, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Matthew McConaughey, they get together to make a new movie, right? And Clooney says, I'll direct. And DiCaprio says, I will act. And McConaughey says, All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> that was good. All right, you can sign off if you want. You pretty much brought. 
most of the the best content to the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's funny. Bijan Robinson out of Texas. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna be telling that to everyone at work tomorrow. <laughs> People will be like, "Have I met you before?" Okay, so there's George Clooney, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio. You don't have to shut the door behind you, Nate. I know, I know, I know. Just shut up. Let me tell this joke. <laughs> so the next most mocked player is uh, guard Osiris Torrance from Florida. It's been mocked 17 times to the Bills. Defensive back Brian Branch from Alabama has been nine times. I'm guessing that was before the Bills re-signed Poyer because I don't see any way that he makes it to the Buffalo Bills at 27 or that uh, he's around. I don't think they would necessarily take him. I mean, he's, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's like a top five overall prospect, but I just don't see that happening. The next most mock player is linebacker drew sanders out of arkansas now we mentioned he's like you know a freak of an athlete too just like jack campbell he's six foot four like 230 pounds he's a former pass rusher like defensive end turned linebacker he's only been a middle linebacker for one season but he did great there he was uh uh can't remember what else there was i think he was a captain i can't remember if he was a captain maybe i'm thinking of jack campbell i get those two confused but like both guys i have like six four six five guys like Big dudes uh, command the middle of the field. So Drew Sanders just has a year less experience than Jack Campbell does at that position. So uh, I'm kind of surprised it's more Drew Sanders. I guess I would choose Jack Campbell, but that's just me. Wide receiver Jordan Addison is the other most mocked player to the Buffalo Bills. And I think it's because in reading about Jordan Addison, um, he's not very big. I think he's only, hold on. 5'11". 5'11", but he's, but he's light. He's only 173 pounds. He's Dane Brugler's second highest ranked wide receiver, but he's fast. He's quick. He gets gets separation. He gets yards after catch. I mean, Jordan Addison, let me give this quick write-up on Jordan Addison. A one-year starter at USC, Addison was an inside-outside receiver in head coach Lincoln Riley's version of the air raid offense. Leading the nation in receiving as a sophomore, he became the third Bolitnikoff award winner in pit history. Joining Antonio Bryant and Larry Fitzgerald and continued a strong play after transferring to the Trojans. Addison skillfully marries his play speed, controlled suddenness, and detailed focus as a route runner to create spacing and run-after-catch opportunities. He had double-digit drops each of his first two seasons at Pitt, but showed much improved ball skills in 2022. His drop rate decreased from 14.3% as a freshman to 9.9% as a sophomore to only 3.3%. As a junior, so he's shown better receiving uh, grades there. Overall, Addison's lack of ideal size and play strength are legitimate concerns, but he is a loose athlete with crafty routes and vertical speed to work all three levels. Projecting best in the slot, he has NFL starting talent from day one. I think one of the reasons why people are seeing him mocked a lot to the Buffalo Bills is because it sounds like he's reminds people of Stefan Diggs. So they're like, well, they already have one Stefan Diggs, so why wouldn't you have another one? So, um, I mean, hey, we said wide receiver is number one need. I mean, sure, it would be great to get a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound wide receiver, another Calvin Johnson. But I mean, this this could be this could be an interesting, interesting pick for the Buffalo Bills at that level. I'll say. Right. Do you guys? We're at thirty minutes right now. Do you guys want to do a quick mock draft? Maybe a three or four round mock draft. Let's see where we go. We want to do it next time. Mike's like, I just got here. Let's do it next time. <laughs> call it a day do you think addison would even be available at our pick i don't think so like a lot of people have him as the second best wide receiver it's not just brugler yeah like i have him like three ish 
So, but like, I I feel like the top four are all going to be gone, right? Yeah, I've I, I, but I've seen in more mock drafts where he's falling to Buffalo. Even one I just did on PFF where I got slaughtered from. So, by the way, Mike and John and our listeners, if anyone's listened to us, you all know that we're not draft experts. Like nobody listening to this is just like, wow, Mike and Nate and John really know their stuff, but. And I say this because someone on Twitter, when I drafted Jordan Anderson, is like, that's so stupid. That's the worst draft I've ever seen. <laughs> and I didn't respond or anything, but I was thinking, like, like nobody knows anything in any of these things. We know just as much as Mel Kuyper without watching the film. You know, like, we could get any of these guys right and say Jack Campbell is the next Tremaine Edmonds, you know, and we could be right or wrong just as much as the next person. So... I'm just going to give us a little credit on that one. Like, we could, us doing this exercise is just as good as, you know, maybe uh, an expert doing it because, you know, after the first five or six picks, like, some pick's going to go awry, and every single mock draft that's ever been out there is going to be destroyed because somebody took another quarterback or another running back or wide receiver or whatever, you know? Someone that was supposed to go in the 20s ends up going number six. Well, that that linebacker comparison isn't really fair because Edmonds is just so young, you know? (laughs) Checked. Edmonds isn't even 14, I don't think, right now, after his first five years in the league. I think he's still working on that. So um, let's do a quick mock draft. I don't think there's any such thing as like a quick mock draft. We won't do a trade. Let's do a trade next year or next week. <laughs> next <Thanks>. year. <laughs> next year. Let's do let's do something different next year. <laughs> next next week, uh, let's trade for DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Boom. So here's this is so this is something I wanted to try. Uh, my oh wait, let me. Let me start over because I only have two rounds in this mock draft. I want to do a Bijan Robinson if he's available because there are a lot of fans out there and a lot of people that want to know what it's like. (laughs) John, no, not a fan? Not a fan? Bijan Robinson? Okay, let's do this. Okay, Bijan Robinson, is he there? He is not available for this first draft i want to do it'd be nice if we did something different every time so like we've picked brian Breesy, who has been available from clemson uh maybe we go you know offensive tackle defensive end miles murphy maybe we go anton harrison tackle out of oklahoma something a little bit different than what we normally do um, and i do have the list of players that have visited with the buffalo bills at least the ones that have been reported the top uh 30 pre-draft Official visits. So, wide receiver-wise, let's see. Who's available? Josh Downs, Nathaniel Dell, Michael Wilson, Rasheed Rice. So none of the top guys are available. Okay? On our needs, we have offensive linemen. Steve Avila is available, the guard out of TCU. And then, you know, it's some center-only prospects. Luke Whipler, Joe Pittman, Tipman, maybe some guard prospects, but not some great positions right there. Unfortunately, in this one, we don't have Bijan Robinson for Mike. Offensive tackle, we have Darnell Wright. Dane Brugler has his top offensive tackles in this order. Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright. So Darnell Wright we have available. Do you guys want to just try that just, just for fun? Let me give let me give you the write-up real quick on, on Darnell Johnson. John, did you, is there something else you want to see? Um, I, I'm just curious uh, on tight end. Okay. Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, Darnell Washington out of Georgia, Tucker Craft, South Dakota State, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, Davis Allen out of Clemson. 
I feel like there might be a good second round pick there. Yes, if it makes it to us. I like that. I like that. Let's do something a little bit different. The, the whole point of this is to eventually go over enough players that we understand a lot about this. Now, let me tell you why I like Darnell Wright, okay, based on what Dean Brugler says about him. A four-year starter at Tennessee, Wright lined up at right tackle, and head coach Joseph Hoople's uh, up-tempo spread offense, all moving to the offensive line as a sophomore, or after moving to the offensive line as a sophomore in high school. He fell short of expectations his first three years in Knoxville, but everything clicked, especially in pass protection, when he moved to right tackle as a senior. He didn't allow a sack in 2022 and quieted Will Anderson on the Alabama tape. With his extraordinary power and torque, Wright creates a surge in the run game with the physical hands to latch, drive, and displace. While he is susceptible to inside rush moves, he reaches his landmarks and stays square as a pass blocker, relying on his length, punch, and stout anchor to stalemate rushers. Overall, Wright will get himself into trouble when he sacrifices technique for his nasty demeanor, but he naturally defaults to his raw power power and body control to consistently win in both the run and passing game. He is a plug-and-play right tackle, and some teams have him on their draft board as a starting guard. Starting guard, 6'5", 333. That's kind of big for a guard, but okay. Yeah, I'm good with this pick. Mike, you good? Sure. Because... I mean, at linebacker, we still have at 27, we still have Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders, right? So, like, it's possible that they come in the second round. So, we'll see. We'll see. But the so, Bills will probably pick a linebacker. <laughs> I mean, we could go Kalijah Cansey from Pitt, the D- DT from Pitt. I just wanted to try something different. We did offensive tackle last time. Um, let's just do Darnell Wright this time. Let's see how – because I could see the Bills drafting a tackle in the first round. I don't think they necessarily will. But I don't see them drafting a guard in the first round. So, let's go from there. First-round pick, Darnell Wright, tackle out of Tennessee. Unlikely, but we'll see. Okay. Now, John, we got Luke Musgrave, one of your favorite tight ends, available in round two. Let me look at the tight end rankings from Dean Brugler. So he has Luke Musgrave as a first or second round grade. That's good. Dalton Kincaid and Michael Mayer are off the board. So you could get potentially the third-best tight end in the draft. You got your pass catcher. And you have an offensive lineman. Let me give the write-up real quick on Luke Musgrave. A two-year starter at Oregon State, Musgrave was a wide tight end in offensive coordinator Brian Lindgren's run-heavy scheme, lining up at both in-line and in the slot. After two seasons as a backup behind two future NFL players, Noah Tagai from the Eagles and Tegan Quitterino, the Texans, he became a starter as a junior. But his targets were limited in the Beavers' run-first offense, and he missed almost all his senior year because of injury. An impressive side speed athlete, Musgrave, runs like a gazelle. Elite high school track numbers for his size. And his lacrosse and skiing backgrounds translate to football with his core strength and hip fluidity. As both a pass catcher and a blocker, he blocks with outstanding body control and leverage to be a physical edge setter and engage defenders at the second and third levels. Although he still needs to improve his sustained skills and steadiness as a pass blocker, only 5.9% of his career snaps on offense came in pass protection. Overall, Musgrave must continue to build his football resume and overall consistency, but he's a high-level athlete with route running and blocking talent to be a productive starting combo tight end in the NFL. He should be the first-ever Oregon State tight end drafted in the top 100 picks. You're talking about a guy who's six foot five and a half, 253 yards, 32 and five-eighths arms. Um, Brandon Bean loves his uh, loves his athletes at every position. 
So I think that might be the play. I'm not necessarily a big fan of Nathaniel Dell, Michael Wilson, Rasheed Rice, Jalen Hyatt, A.T. Perry. I could see it potentially. Maybe Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, the speedster. If the Bills looking are looking for some more, uh, a player that can st- really stretch the field. But I think they feel like they got that with Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy in the offseason. I'm just going to look at defensive tackle, Siaki Ika, Kobe Turner. So all the top... Seven defensive tackles on Dane Brugler's board are gone. We have the eighth best player available, and that is Siaki Ika out of Baylor. Six foot two, 335 pound defensive tackle. Because a two year starter at Baylor, he could need lined up in nose tackle and coach. Head coach Dave Aranda's hybrid 3-3-5 base scheme, playing multiple techniques, 1-2-I-3 on the interior. After winning a national championship at LSU as a freshman, he followed Aranda to Baylor and earned all Big 12 honors each of the last two seasons. Ica plays with power, awareness, and joint flexibility to press blockers off his frame and find the football versus the run. For a player his size, he's legit. He's light-footed with a short area explosiveness and hand usage to defeat blocks. However, his best flashes can be found on the 2021 tape, and he struggled to make backfield plays in 2022, partly because of his role. Yeah, as a, as a nose tackle, you're just not going to as much. Ick is a nimble, disruptive big man with stout, powerful traits, traits, but all of his impressive parts don't consistently add up to impact plays. He's a toolsy-sized prospect with a floor... With a high floor as an early down NFL nose, while also flashing with ability to be more. Yeah, so like I mean, like I had him higher than eighth on my rudimentary list, but he does seem more like a better fit for three four type of player, right? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting from this too. Uh, he seems like he's more of like a Daquan Jones than an Ed Oliver, you know? So. Um, I think it's a little bit early maybe to take one of those players in the second round because unless they're amazing, they're probably not going to start over any of those guys. But, you know, in the second round, you're kind of looking for a starter or an ability for someone to become a starter. So I don't know. Edge edge players. I mean, we have Tuli Tuapoloto, um, which we drafted last week. He was the um, defensive end out of USC. Uh, he projects to more of a defensive tackle, though. Let's see what. Dean Brugler has to say. Unless you're good with Musgrave, John, um, maybe we don't even need to look at this. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. Um, unless you think there's like a receiver there, but it doesn't seem like it. So Brugler has Tuli Tuapiloto as a third-round prospect. So, uh, yeah. I like I like the idea of trying tight end. We haven't done that before. We drafted Tuli Tuapiloto in the second round before. Let's go, let's go tight end. Sure. Mike, good? Sure. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what they give us to to deal with. Uh, let's see what they they grade us with after all of this. Okay. So right now we have Darnell Wright, Luke Musgrave. We have two offensive players, which we haven't done yet as a team. Uh, John, what do you think we should look for? Mike, defensive tackle, running back, at edge this, rusher. At this point, you're putting all your chips in with Terrell Bernard, right? Oh yeah, that whole thing. <laughs> Um, so did I even look to see if he was available? Like Drew Sanders? No, they were both gone before no. our second round pick. Yeah, we're we're Jack- missed the boat on a starting linebacker at this point. Um, you you almost have to take one in the first round. It, yes, you do. It, like otherwise, you're not going to get one. 
So unless they really think Bernard's going to be that guy, I really think they're taking linebacker in the first round. Yes, I still I still agree with you. Um, I think that's the way to go because, I mean, after that, it's just kind of a toss-up. Nobody in there is... <sighs> there's there's offensive line depth. There's tight end depth. You can get those guys in the second, third rounds. Um, Maybe that's how we should be looking at offensive tackle, too, in the future is because there is depth, we could potentially get someone in the second or third round in the future that could push Spencer Brown or at least be a swing tackle for depth. Um, let's keep that... Let's keep that little uh, nugget in the back of our head. Uh, wide receiver. Is now Rice, here's is, is Rice still on the board? Is he, he's got to be gone by now, right? He's yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah. He went 75th, and now we're at 91, the third-round pick. Let's see what Dean Brugler has as his top receivers right now at this point in the draft. All right, who do we have available at wide receiver? We have Tyler Scott, Jaden Reed, Trey Palmer, Parker Washington, Jalen Moreno, Cropper, Tyler Scott um, is a five foot, almost five foot ten, one hundred seventy seven pound, like burner. Um, not great, not great size. I think that's, I think that's a theme for a lot of the receivers in this. Until draft. you get to the end of the third round, like then it's just guys with size, but not a ton to prove. I mean, you're right. This entire draft. I mean, like mis- at the very top, like yeah, like Quentin Johnson, six three. I mean the. There's a couple of guys up there, but I, I think the majority are sub six foot or six foot or under. Yeah, it's it, that's and, and they're not big. It's not like they're even big guys for being under six foot. Like they're also small. It seems like like Jackson Smith and Jigba is six foot, 196 pounds. Like that's not big. I think that's about the size of Stefan Diggs, maybe a little bit lighter and smaller. Jordan Addison is five eleven, 173 pounds. Jalen Hyatt is six foot, 176 pounds. Like these guys are, I mean, they're not only small. Some of them are tiny. They're small framed. Zay Flowers, five foot nine, one hundred eighty-two pounds. Quinn Johnson, like you mentioned, six foot, almost six foot three, two hundred eight pounds. I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why he is so high. Yeah, the, the um, Bills don't need more of these guys. They need get. I mean, they're good at getting those guys, but like <laughs> they don't like don't get more. Get somebody else, you know. Um, so like I they have receivers going to be tough in this draft, I think, for the Bills. It is. Trey Palmer, Jaden Reed. So these are third-round prospects for for Dean Brugler. Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, five foot ten, almost eleven, one hundred eighty-seven pounds. And then he has Trey Palmer out of Nebraska, six foot one hundred ninety-two. I know you can't base it just on how big they are, but let me read you a little bit about Trey Palmer. Had a great receiving grade, a great yards per run route in twenty twenty-two. Drop rate percentage, not that great, 12.3%. Uh, do we really want another wide receiver that can't catch the ball at insert points and key points in the game? Yeah, I, I had Palmer a little bit lower than where we're at right now. Because you're the Dane Brugler of the podcast, John, if we're being honest. I'm I'm nothing. I'm just... <laughs> I just have a spreadsheet with names placed in random cells. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, none of the guys that you love are available right now. But luckily, we did get a pass catcher in the first or the second round. That is true. Uh, so true. maybe they're wide receiver. They're, they're good they're to go. Okay, okay. They okay. got Bernard. They got their tight end. They got offensive line. They just don't have a linebacker. That's all. <laughs> no, Bernard. I already said Bernard. You know, we're oh, good. they've got Bernard. Gotcha. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's what we're assuming at this point, right? That that's he's the guy. So yes, for this particular mock. Um. So yeah, we could go defensive line. 
Defensive line. Let's look at defensive tackle because we have that as a little bit higher. We'll look at those two positions specifically and see what we can find if there's a diamond in the rough. And then we'll be done with the third round. So the top on the board that we have available are Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, Moro Ojomo out of my favorite college football team ever, Texas, uh, Zach Pickens out of South Carolina, Jaqueline Jacqueline Roy, Jaqueline, <laughs> I did that like, uh, like that skit. Jaqueline Keandre Coburn out of Texas, another Texas guy. If we don't get at least one Texas guy in the draft, I'm going to be upset. So Dane Brugler has Zach Pickens as a third-round grade. He's the highest-ranked guy that's left on the defensive tackle board. I think the third round might be a spot, John and Mike, where the Bills could consider getting, like, a big defensive tackle or even like another Ed Oliver defensive tackle. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I had, I had Pickens. Um, yeah. Up, up around this point too. He's six foot three, almost six foot four, 291 pounds, a three-year starter of South Carolina. Pickens lined up primarily near the a gap and defensive coordinator, Clay White's even base front, the third ranked recruit to ever sign with the Gamecocks behind Jadavian Clowney and Marcus Lattimore. Those are good names. His, excuse me, his statistical resume didn't live up to the hype, but he was a dependable interior lineman in the last four seasons. With his initial movements at the snap, Pickens has the quickness to shoot gaps and the strength to control them. While he has pass rush tools, he, his move transitions and sheds, shed skills are underdeveloped. Pickens must continue to hone in his techniques as a rusher and anchor in the run game, but he plays on his feet with agility, balance, and length to instinctively react to blockers. He projects as rotational tackle as a rookie with upside. That's perfect, right? Rotational rookie, Oliver leaves, and then he fills in. Then he fills in. (laughs) He becomes better than Oliver, Daquan Jones, all those guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to even look at Let's look at edge rusher just real quick because that's the only other position I could see them potentially taking. And then we'll just pick a guy for the fourth round pick. (laughs) Otherwise, it's Zach Pickens. While I'm waiting for this to load... uh, Mike, John, what was the weirdest place that you ever got a Go Bills from? I just mentioned Disney World, but that's not really a weird place to get it because if you wear something Bills, there's like thousands of people at every park every day. Uh, what's the weirdest place you've ever gotten a Go Bills? I don't really go to too many places. <laughs> it's not that often for for John. Mike, have you gotten one? No. Oh, okay. Yours is Disney World? What a... You put no thought into these questions. <laughs> I have an easy answer, Jeez. so I figured I'd ask you guys. I got a weird one when we were on a cruise last year uh, while I was walking somewhere. I think it was like Fort Lauderdale or, or I can't remember. Port, Port Canaveral. And I was just wearing one of our T Public Bills shirts. And I was not expecting it whatsoever because it's not like a Bills logo or anything. And guys like, hey, go Bills. And I just... I froze. I'm like, uh... Thanks. <laughs> like, such an idiot. <laughs> I handled that the most terrible way. The guy must have been like, wow, what a loser. Why did I waste a Go Bills on him? <laughs> Yeesh. You're supposed to say Go Bills back. I'm like, I'm like, I should have been like, hey, I'm sorry I panicked. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a Go Bills. Uh, I don't like any of these guys that are edge rushers right now. We kind of lost out on these are more like third, fourth, fourth round picks and that. Just looking at it, so 
Zach Pickens. Championship. How do you guys like the draft so far? So we went offensive tackle. We went tight end. We went defensive tackle. I mean, I'm, I'm liking Terrible. this so far. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. I just think they're really going to take a linebacker at the first round. Because like, <laughs> I, I just don't see any other way. <laughs> I know. Like, we haven't taken one in the first four rounds. There's no way this is happening. Um, what do you think? So we've already got – let's go safety. You want to try safety? Edge rusher. What are we looking at? Round four? Round four. Last pick. We've never done a four-round mock. This will be the last pick of the night or day or whatever you're listening to it. So we could look at receiver again. We could. Or, this or, is the sweet spot. We've, or we line, linebacker still. Still. We could still look at that. Did we re-sign AJ Klein yet? <laughs> Not yet. That's a good point, Mike. You think that happens? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Maybe depending on how the draft goes. Let's look at wide receiver. We haven't even done a trade-up scenario yet, so I'd like to do a trade-back next week where we still pick up Jack Campbell or Drew Sanders or maybe Bijan Robinson. See how many picks we can get. Come on. Parker Washington out of Penn State. Jalen Moreno Cropper out of Fresno State. Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver out of Iowa State. I mean, this is this is kind of where we might get some... Might get some uh, wide receiver with some size. Yeah, maybe Hutchinson. Excuse me. All right, let's see. So it's not Moreno Cooper. He's more of a sixth or seventh round pick. Ford Wheaton is a seventh round pick. Xavier H- Hutchinson is a third or fourth round pick. So now we're talking, John. Mike. 6'2, yep. 203. You want to learn a little bit about uh, uh, Xavier Hutchinson? Let's, let's dive into it. Let's. T- <clears throat> you think I won't? Just just give me a second. <laughs> Hold on. I want a deep dive. You don't have time for a deep dive, a fourth-round deep dive pick, John. <laughs> you, you couldn't handle a deep dive from me and Dane Brugler. I love the size, though, already. Would I say Xavier Hutchinson? Okay. No, Iowa State. Iowa State. Let's see. A three-year starter, Iowa State. Hutchinson was the ex-wide receiver and former offensive coordinator Tim Manning's offense. The FBS leader in catches per game, 8.9 in 2022. He set the Big 12 record for most receptions by a three-year player, passing Justin Blackman, the Cyclones' leading receiver each of his three seasons in Ames. Hutchinson is a physical, quick-fitted quick-footed mover with NFL-worthy body control and catch instincts. Though his tape shows both toughness and urgency, he lacks separation burst in his releases at the stem, and it will be tougher for him to shake tight man coverage in the NFL. Overall, Hutchinson is an average twitch athlete and doesn't have a truly distinguishing trait, but his competitive mindset and well-rounded game will be appealing to an NFL team looking for a rotational possession target. He has the potential to be an eventual number two in the NFL with additional polish. I like this one. I like it. I think we should still take a quick look at linebacker just in case. See okay. who's available. John, we're pretty much going to re-sign AJ Klein. <laughs> According to Mike and that logic. So I'm <laughs> Can we trade for Edmund still? <laughs> <laughs> See. Are we watching the draft? Yeah, man. Absolutely. So Dorian Williams is still available from Tulane. Okay. 
So he's the highest rated. He's a third or fourth round prospect. Um, he's only six foot one, two hundred twenty eight pounds. So that's small. But like, I mean, every we're talking about like guys that are really, you know, small receiver wise. I mean, every linebacker after Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders are small. They're either six foot, maybe six foot one, maybe six foot two, two forty. Like, I mean, these guys are five eleven, five ten, six foot, two twenty, two thirty, two. You know, they're just smaller guys. Yes, Mike, we're going to watch the draft together. At least the first night. We can maybe do the second night. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I would just throwing it out there. I didn't want to do it either. <laughs> Terrible idea. A th- Dorian Williams, a three-year starter at Tulane. Williams played Will Linebacker and head coach Willie Fritz's four-two-five base scheme and combined for 303 tackles the past three seasons. He had a career year as a senior and played a key role in the greatest one-year turnaround in college football history as the Green Wave went from 2-10 in 2021 to 12-2 in 2022, including a Cotton Bowl win against USC. Williams was the defensive MVP of the game. I love this guy already. (laughs) With his rangy athleticism, Williams is a fluid, moving in pursuit and coverage with the tackling skills that fills up the stat sheet. However, he can be caught going with the flow because of the inconsistent key reads, and he doesn't have the power to be a line of scrimmage thumper. To be honest, I don't. I I like Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think he was a thumper. Does that ever cross your mind when you think of Tremaine Edmonds? Like, dude was a thumper. Like, he was okay. He wasn't really a thumper, though. You know, I think of Matt Milano. I think of thumper. Yeah, I think I have up for Hutchinson on this one. Overall, you wish Thompson played with better anticipation, but once he sees it, he gets there in a hurry and has the tools desired for a modern-day developmental linebacker. He has a profile of a key special teamer with the talent to eventually compete for NFL starting reps. Or we can get one of the best uh, possession-wide receivers in college football history. So Hutchinson? (laughs) Yeah. I like Hutchinson here a lot, actually. Same-sies. Mike, agreement? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Let's see what they. Let's see how they uh, graded our draft. Let's see if we can get a D, maybe C, C plus, C minus. What are you guys thinking? I'm gonna stop sharing it so you can't see. What do you guys think we finished, grade wise? Who's grading us, Pro Football Focus? Yeah. <laughs> Nate gets to see it, and we don't. He loves just having <laughs> whatever he can have over it. He just <laughs> lords it, man. Uh, this is so nice. Just, they probably don't even take into account needs, and if they did, they'd probably give us the wrong needs anyway. Yeah, they're they're really bad needs. Uh, hold on, let me show you what they, they probably have. have. Running back is the number one need or something. Hold on, let me let me. I'll, I'll show you real quick what they have. Bijan Robinson is a generational talent. <laughs> John's. The biggest, I'm glad he's. I'm glad he's not going to be available for one of the best. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Done with running backs. Defensive back that they have is one of our ma- biggest needs, which it just goes of, to show you. That's one of our least needs. <laughs> that's one of, we just started the <laughs> podcast talking about how that's one of the deepest positions we have, whether it's safety or corner, literally one of the So um, if you had to guess A, B, C, or D, or anywhere in between, what do you think for this four-round mock draft? We took Darnell Wright in the first round at tackle out of Tennessee. Uh, we took uh, tight end Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State in round two. We took defensive tackle Zach Pickens out of South Carolina in round three, and wide receiver Xavier Xavier Hutchinson out of Iowa State at round four. You want to say it at the same time, or write it down on a piece of paper? 
No, you go first, and then I'll go second. No. <laughs> John's just going to pick one letter grade less than you. If John, if Mike goes B, he's going to say C plus <laughs> or B minus. B minus. <laughs> How about you both put it in the chat at the same time, and then on three you have to press enter. I'm still thinking. Wait, where, how do I bring up the chat window? Oh, here it is. <laughs> I've never done this before. <laughs> Two years of using this exact software. I've never done this before in my entire life. What's the difference between... All right, I think I got it. Okay. Gentlemen, do you have your grade at least typed into the box? To the chat yes. window. Okay. So on three... You guys are going to hit enter into the chat window. Now, when I say three, I mean one, two, three, and what would be four. <laughs> it's a very important difference. Okay. On three or after three? After you just three. explained it. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused. John said on right. four. On, on four. four. On what would okay. be four? This is like Lethal Weapon. On what would be four? <laughs> Except instead of getting out of a bathtub where there's like <laughs> bombs strapped to your genitalia, this is just. You know, mock draft grade. <laughs> just, just as stressful. All right. <laughs> just as stressful. All right. All right. Strapped a bomb to his genitalia. It wasn't necessarily his It was like the the bathtub. <laughs> he oh. was naked. But okay, you ready? One, two, three, go. All right. Let's see. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. Mike We're... says C plus. John says B minus. Well, you guys are couldn't be any closer. <laughs> It's literally like, yeah. Uh, I feel it, good. Yeah. So um, I will share my screen. It's like B minus and C plus like the same thing. So you guys don't think I'm being. <laughs> it was an overall grade of a B. Yes. So well done to John. Well done, John. Darnell Wright got an A minus grade. Luke Musgrave got a B plus grade. And then it all went to hell from there. <laughs> Zach Pickens, the defensive tackle, got a C minus grade, and then Xavier Hutchinson got a D plus grade. They're just like, "What are you thinking? You shouldn't even." I do disagree that. with an overall B. If you if you actually put the numerical value, this is PFF. Yeah, does that does that equal a B? No. What is, what is a minus? What is that? Ninety. A little bit less than an A. <laughs> like out of a four point like four point is an A, right? So a minus has got to be what, like three seven? No. Why don't you just go by percentages, right? So, like, a 90 would be okay. an A minus, right? 90 plus, B plus would be, like, what, 85? 80? Well, I guess 85 would be B if there's a B minus also, right? <laughs> oh, God, we're, so, 88? Just, we're too stupid yeah, to do this. 90, plus, 90 yeah. plus 88, C minus would be... Like a 72, I guess, or 70. God, you guys remember school so much better than I do as far as grades go. D plus... It's like 68. It's right before six, 65. Is, <laughs> 65 is like D minus, right? Or 60 D minus. Like when right F, before failing is 64 F. 64 is F, right? Like is it, it? It's not a full 10 points lower, right? I want to say at UB it was 59 was an F. That's why I did much better at UB than <laughs> I would have had a better school. So uh, 64? Okay. Divided by 4 equals 78.5. What's a 78.5? That's a B. No, it isn't. Oh, that's, that's like a C, C plus. Oh, eighty is a B. Okay. <laughs> C plus, C minus, no B minus. 
So we agree that but I was they, victorious. They're, they're, but <laughs> they're probably putting more weight on the earlier rounds than the later rounds because it's more of a crapshoot. They should. Know. They should. Right? That's why the A minus and the B plus get more weight than the C minus and the D plus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hence, I am victorious. Yeah. Well. Well put. I think. I think. <laughs> John's convinced me of this one. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to share this one over social media so folks can see it and comment on it and tell us how terrible it is or whatever. Like they like to do. Sometimes people people are like Jordan Addison. I love it. And other people are like, great, another undersized wide receiver. It's like, you know, you just can't make people happy, you know? <laughs> you know, knowing, knowing like how the Bills draft and like what their needs are and their top three needs and everything, like they almost have to go linebacker in the first with their first pick, right? Yes, like Campbell or, or, you know, one of those guys. Like, it, it's. It or they trade like back, a, or they trade back in the second round early, and they and still get a lot. Like I don't know. I was listening to Joe Biscalia's podcast, and he was saying people were asking, "Did could they see the Bills trading back into the second round from their first round pick?" And his logic was, "Well, Bean likes to have that fifth year option, and that's worth a lot, you know, of control, especially you know." considering he had that for Tremaine Edmonds, a middle linebacker. So he's thinking it's definitely possible, obviously. We all think it's possible, but he's thinking that they probably stay put at 27. Whereas I feel like the smart move would be to trade back. You know, I mean, even if you miss that that uh, pick, like let's say you pick up two second-round picks, and then you pick up like another third or another fourth. To me, that might an early second, a mid-second, or a late second, and then... He could trade back and still have that first round pick if it's only a few picks back. Yeah, true. It's, I mean, it's got to be the right scenario. It's there's only a couple of options there, but mm-hmm. it's not impossible. Yeah, good point. We'll see that. Let's do that next week. Next week, we're going to trade down. We're going to look for the best trade scenario where we get the best picks, and then we'll do like a three round mock draft. Hopefully, we get to do a, a Jack Campbell, Drew Sanders, Bijan Robinson sort of draft because we've only done one linebacker so far. And we think it's definitely going to happen. It feels like. And then let's. I want. I want Mike to get at least one Bijan Robinson mock draft in, so we can see how great that team would be or how terrible it would be. Either way, we'll see. So again, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Uh, check out the Delago Resort Casino. Um, what a great place. The only thing you won't gamble on is having a good time. <laughs> so, uh, John, Mike, anything before we end this podcast? Anything else you'd like to add to this one? Love you guys. I want to know where Lamar Jackson's going. Aaron Rodgers. Those are the big questions. Do you think? Do you think? Um, I feel like Lamar Jackson stays no matter what. Do you feel like um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't get moved before the draft? I mean, we're only what we're less than two weeks away, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if the Jets didn't get Aaron Rodgers? Right? Like that would be amazing. Oh, be great. <laughs> Did you Seems see that? Like a foregone conclusion. I sent you guys the DeAndre Hopkins clip today where, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is still under contract with the Cardinals, so he can't say much. And then he gave him four teams. He's like, give a reaction to these four teams. You get traded to. He's like the New York Jets. He kind of like looks away like, "Mm." and then he says, looks at the Bills. He looks, he says the Buffalo Bills. He looks at the camera like, you know, he nods like he can't say I would love to go there (laughs) because, you know, he can't. And then they tell him the New England Patriots, he looks away, like, eh. And then they tell him the Kansas City Chiefs, like, yeah. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that that sounds good. So, obviously big fans of the Bills and Chiefs getting traded there without saying so. But, I mean, wouldn't you just think that outright? If you're any wide receiver in the NFL and you could get traded to any of those four franchises, wouldn't you want the Bills or 
the Chiefs. I mean, two of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? So it's just it's worth kinda, noting. It's kind of surreal that that's, that's a thing now. Like, after all those years of, like, like how do we get a free agent in or, or anything to, like, oh, the Buffalo Bills, one of the top two teams I'd want to go to. Like, like, that's crazy, right? That's crazy. It's such a good spot to be in. That's a good note to leave it on, John. Thank you. Puts it all in perspective. We we went through the suffering. We suffered together as a fan base, and we came out on the other end. We deserve this. We deserve this good karma and good football watching after watching 17 years of absolute trash. So, Anything else, Mike? You brought up a couple of good topics. Anything else? That's it. Okay. So thank you guys all for listening. As always, uh, make sure to... Uh, Check out the Delago Resort and Casino. Check out our T Public store uh, for some new Bills designs uh, in the show links. Uh, but for now, signing off until next week, where we do another mock draft, where we'll where we'll trade back and see what we can get with some picks. We'll go over that uh, for John. Let's go Bills next season, Super Bowl champions. And for Mike, I got another joke. What has <laughs> four legs and flies? A dead horse. <laughs> four legs and flies a dead horse <laughs> i don't get that one why don't i get that one because all the flies are are oh. flying over its exploded carcass <laughs> mike thanks thanks for that uh, see we were gonna end on a good note <laughs> it, like bloated did i ever tell you i was hunting once in a field and i happened to see a dead horse carcass like out of nowhere I think it got caught like it just ran loose and it got out of where it was supposed to be because the guy whose farm we were hunting on did not have any horses. <laughs> he did not own any horses, and there was just this dead horse. Yeah. My dog ran out into the road today on a country road where my mother-in-law lives to see another dog, to run over and see it. My my wife's mother lives on like a blind corner too where the people are going 55 miles an hour so it's the absolute worst case scenario luckily like she stayed with the other dog while a car went by so like i feel like i'm winning already tonight talking draft with you guys being a bills fan and then my dog didn't get run over so that's awesome leave it on a good note horse carcasses and my dog's still alive for now (laughs) so be thankful for so that's for me nate go bills be thankful for what you got and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo. Hey, hey. Let's go, Buffalo.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>